This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, June 13th, 2010. God Sightings Lens. Images of God. We call them uh, God Sightings. We're going to be talking about those this week in uh, VBS. God Sightings. You know, they're all over the place. When we read the Bible, and especially in Genesis there, Adam and Eve, uh, they, they not only hear God walking in the garden, but they speak to him. They have conversation. Now, that's what I'd call a God sighting. And Abraham was visited by three visitors. We read that in Genesis chapter 18, only to find that he's in the Lord's presence. And the Lord lets him know that the following year, Abraham and his wife, who is far too old to have a child, will have a son, God's sighting. In the 32nd chapter of Genesis, we see where Jacob wrestles all night with God, and he ends up with a dislocated hip and a new name. They call him Israel. Now, that's a God sighting. Well, it's just not in Genesis that there were God sightings. There are other places in the Old Testament where God was sighted as well, and also There's a place in the New Testament, the second half of the Bible. It's in Acts chapter 9. This is such a cool story. Acts chapter 9, mark it in your Bibles. Go home and read it when you get home. Because it talks about Paul. His name was Saul at the time. And Saul's walking along the road because he's ready to kill Christians. He hates Jesus. He hates the, you know, anybody who utters the name of Jesus on his lips. And guess what happens? He is just struck down on the road. And he's blinded, and he has a conversation with the risen Christ. And from that moment on, he stops persecuting Christians and, in fact, spreads the good news of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth. God sighting. So how about you? How about us? Uh, are we having God sightings? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. Good morning, Connection Church. Morning. Yeah, you're all awake. That's good. I'm Alan Jones. And I'm Carrie Jones. We're two sinners who've been saved by God's grace in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Holy God, most holy God, God of creation, God of all things, God of salvation, thank you for calling us here this morning, allowing us to be in your very presence to worship and praise you. Thank you for this time when we can share in your word. Please open our hearts and our minds to your spirit that we might realize new life in Christ, either for the first time or once again. Please help us to realize change and transformation. In the name of Jesus and the power of your Holy Spirit. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Um, So this image thing, these God sightings are connected kind of to our image of God. When we say God, what do we think of? What kind of a God is it? Do you you have that that old man with long white hair and a big white beard image of God? You know, it's kind of like a Santa Claus without the red suit kind of image of God. Or maybe you've got one of those uh, uh, Wizard of Oz pulling the levers, excuse me, behind the curtain image of God. Or how about this image of God? They, They call it the clockmaker. The deists call that the a lot of our founding fathers were deists, and they still live today. Not the founding fathers, but some deists are still in existence. And they, they think that God kind of created the whole thing and then kind of stepped back and just watched it happen. They don't think that he's 
uh, very active in miraculous revelations and things like that, but just kind of what, like, a, like he put a clock in motion and then just lets it tick, tick, tick uh, away. Uh, you know, what is your image of God? You know, um, um, if we see, if we look in Scripture, it's not that at all. It's, it's none of the things that I just mentioned. There's no white beard. There's no levers. There's no curtain. There's no clock. You know, none of those at all. If we look in Scripture, what we get is a, a God who's very much involved in the lives of the people there. A God who is intimately uh, desire, or desiring an intimate relationship, who wants to be a part of, who, 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 who just draws people in to a personal relationship with him. The writers of the scripture tell us that we have a God that we may not see, but a voice where at times we're able to hear. We are able to see what God does. We are able to see transformation in lives. We are able to see miracles. We do have God sightings today, but our God is not some faraway, distant God, but a God, as Alan said, who wants to have his intimate, personal relationship with you and with me. We have a God who loves us unconditionally, no strings attached. It's not like some, you know, marionette and we're just on the ends of the string. That is not our God, but a God who draws us into that relationship, creates this God-shaped void that nothing can really fill except for God. We read about God, and we know God is a God of forgiveness, a God who forgives you and me. Some of you have experienced that. I know I have. And we also have a God who allows us to forgive others. Wow, we can't do that on our own. We have a God who wants us to realize fully this life of joy and peace when there seems to be no peace. God wants to give each one of us a life that is abundant in love. In Psalm 119, verse 51, we're reminded of something that we talked about a couple of weeks ago here in worship. Here's what it says. It says, yet you are near, O God, and all your commands are true. You are, say it with me, you are near, near, oh God. You are near. God is near. And if he's near, we should be able to see him. Not visibly, but we should be able to have God's sightings, even though he is invisible. Uh, we, in, in, in order for us this to be able to happen, though, we need to know where and how to look. We need to have the right lens. You know, lenses take all different, like these lenses here. Uh, I need the right lens if I'm going to see, right? When I first got these glasses, they were a little different than my old ones. It took me a while to get used to because the steering wheel was like out there. I mean, it was, it was weird. I wasn't seeing things right. You with me? If you wear glasses, you probably know what I'm talking about here. Or, or, or um, you know, they also have to be kind of clear uh, if, if they're dirty, I marvel sometimes see people with these glasses that are like crusty. How are you able to see? <laughs> it's it's a, it's a miraculous that they can even find it because if you can't see clearly, you're going to have a uh, or like we're doing this VBS thing with the boat and all this week. If you're out on the boat and you look across the horizon, sometimes we use things to help us. Maybe binoculars, right? 
and they give you kind of the wide, big picture. You gotta, but you've got to know where to look. If you're looking over here with the binoculars, no matter how strong they are, you're not going to see something over here, are you? They're not going to go around the world up the other side. And then you, then you go from them to the telescope, you know, on that ship. Now, the telescope's a little bit narrower, so you want the broad, and then you bring it in. You really bring it in, and you got to have... But, but again, what if it's out of focus? If it's out of focus, you're not going to see clearly, are you? So the lens is that we're looking through, and you've got to choose the right lens. And, 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 and for us, we have to choose the lens of expectation if we're going to have God. Say, we've got to expect to see God. Amen. Because if we don't expect, we're going to probably look right past, and he's right there in our midst. It is true for our God sightings. We have to choose the right lens in order to see God, in order to bring God into focus. For this to happen, we have to know what we're looking for. We have to know what we're looking for. We have to have the right lens of expectation in order to see God at work in our midst. There's a great scripture. It is found in Matthew chapter 6. I want to read that to you now. (laughs) Your eyes are windows into your body. If you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. If you live squinty-eyed in greed and distrust, your body is a dank cellar. Boy, that doesn't sound good, does it? If you pull the blinds on your windows, what a dark life you will have. We need to wear the lens of expectation. Okay, so we have expectations. So where would, you know, what kind of expectation will we have? Well, I'm going to go crazy here for just a minute, go to the far extreme and say a good place to start in our expectation is a situation that seems impossible. A situation that seems impossible. Maybe it's a relationship that we think can't possibly be saved. Maybe ours or somebody else's. We think this is beyond repair. This is so far gone, it can't be saved. It can't be salvaged. It can't be brought back to life. Or maybe it's a habit that you have or somebody else has, and you just say, there's no way this habit can be broken. It it can't happen. It is impossible. Or maybe it's a life that is so broken that that just seems there's no way that it can possibly be salvaged, that it can possibly be saved. There's no way this life can be redeemed. You know, these are the situations that God thrives in. This is exactly the place we should be expecting to see God because this is who God is. He is the God of opportunities, the God of possibilities, the God of miraculous recoveries. These are the exact locations that we should be looking and saying, God, I know you're here. I know you're in the midst. Because that's the kind of God you are. When we start expecting to see God in these situations, in these kind of op- uh, places, when we see the possibilities for God being at work here, we're very likely to be aware of his presence in our lives and in the lives around us because we're going to see him in those situations where he thrives. Yeah. You know, God doesn't just show up for the miracles. 
The God who created us woos us into this, this intimate relationship. But see, that doesn't happen if God comes and goes in our lives. And so God doesn't come and go in and out. The same is true for us. If we just call on God like this, you know, sound in the fire whistle. Okay, God, come on into my life. Okay, the crisis is over. I don't need you anymore. How in the world are we ever going to know God in God's wonderful ways if we don't try to tune into God all the time? You know, we sometimes have this tendency to say, God, I really need you right here. I need for you to come into my life. I need for you to change this situation. And then everything's fixed or things settle down. And then we go on our merry way as if God doesn't exist anymore. Okay, God, I want you to take care of this. But don't bother me over here in this part of my life. We so compartmentalize our relationship with God. You can be here, but don't come over here. See, God wants all of it. God wants all of us. God wants to be in every aspect of our life. And when we let God in, and when we're aware of that, I guarantee you, you're going to see God, and you're going to have God sightings in places and situations that you would have never dreamed could happen. But if we don't, if we pick and choose where God's going to be, if we say, God, please be with me at the heart attack, other times I don't need you. God, I need you now that she left me. If we pick and choose those, just those, those places where we're at the end of our row, we're going to really minimize our God sightings, aren't we? Because it's a relationship, and just like any other relationship with our lives, if we have minimal contact with that person, the relationship isn't going to be what it could be, is it? We're going to miss those special moments, and that's the same thing with God. If we don't have contact, if we don't have an ongoing, uh, personal, day-to-day relationship, how do we expect to see God in the midst of our lives and in the midst of the lives around us. If we're going to be aware of God in the world, if we're going to be aware of God in our life and in the lives around us, we got to be in contact. We've got to be in communication. We have to be in relationship with God. And so when we are in relationship with God, when we try to tune in to God's presence in our lives, we do have God's sightings sometimes in very simple or subtle ways. I had a God sighting a few minutes ago when I held my newest grandbaby in my arms and she just snuggled in and she fell asleep. Is there anything better than that? That's a God sighting. You might sight God in a rainbow that comes after a storm, literally or figuratively. You might sight God when you see deer at the edge of a woods. You might sight God through words of encouragement from a friend or words from a friend that might hold you accountable in a certain area. Sometimes it's simply a feeling of peace when things are so hard and so difficult to swallow. But the peace of God just can invade our souls. That's a God sighting. 
Check out what Jesus shares in, in uh, Matthew I, uh, chapter 5. It's part of what's called the Sermon on the Mount. This section is known as the Beatitudes. And maybe you've heard um, the traditional uh, kind of uh, translation is uh, blessed are the, maybe you've heard those, blessed are the poor for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the, the meek and, you know, the, all the blesseds. Um, Eugene Peterson in the message uh, says it a little bit differently, but I would love for what we're talking about today, it's just right on. Matthew 5, 8. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. Isn't that cool? When, when you get connected with God here, then you're going to be able to see God there, is basically. Well, have you ever noticed when, when, when you start your day with prayer, when you start your day with, with Bible reading, start your day with devotion. In other words, when you start your day getting your heart, heart and mind right with God, um, <clears throat> that, that you're going to, it's a good chance you're going to have a God sighting that day. Can I hear an amen? Amen. <clears throat> you know, some days when I get it right and I, you know, I, I go to hit that snooze button, and maybe I do, but before the snooze goes off, I spend my time there just thinking about the Lord before I even hit the, my feet to the floor, I know I'm going to have a good day. And I know I'm going to see God. I've already seen God, you know? I've already had a connection. I've already had a God sighting there uh, between the snooze alarms, you know? And, and, and you can't help but, but have God sightings when you start your day like that because you're going to be more aware <clears throat> of God's presence around you, maybe even in the workplace. Wow. You might, you might see God, oh my, for my, in my case, you might see him when you're out pulling weeds. Oh, my goodness, that's unbelievable, but you might. Because, you know, you're going to be expecting to see God show up even in places where you normally wouldn't expect to see him. And if you expect God to be there, there's no telling what kind of God sightings you're going to have that day. God sightings. We have God sightings when we open up the Bible and we read Scripture. And the Scripture just overwhelms us in a way that we might have missed the previous time we read it or if we read it for the first time. We have a God sighting. There are times when we might sing those songs. I know I was sitting right down there a couple years ago and we sang that song um, I will go to the ends of the earth, the ends of the earth for you, oh God. And I heard God's voice say, Carrie, you've got to go to India. And I'm like, no way. Yes, yes, no, yes. So, well, the rest is history. I, I went because I want to follow what God says. I hate the thought of the alternative. And so God sightings, are you open for them? Are you open to them? Many of you have challenges in your life. I know I have challenges in my life, big ones. And some of you do too. A lot of you do. Are you ready for God to show up? Have you considered before that tough conversation that needs to be had, before you walk into that office place, before you have that conversation with the person that you might be struggling with, to ask for God's direction? to ask for God to guide your words or to have you not speak at all, but just listen. God shows up everywhere and anywhere when we call upon his name. 
beware, be ready for God to fill your heart, order your steps, guide your words. God showing up in me happens to me all the time when I do what I'm supposed to. You know, when I pray to God to help me, and help there be less of me and more of God in the meeting, I usually have a God say, when I say, I'm able to pray, God, let me talk less and listen more in this meeting. Hello, there's, there's God in our midst. When I pray that God will allow me to see God's very presence in that room and to see him working through that discussion, uh, you know, and I see that happen. I see God direct the discussion. I have a God sighting right there, even in a meeting. You know, it's incredible when we allow it to happen, when we expect it to happen, when we look for it to happen. We talked about images of God. You might have a certain image of God. It's important, though, for us to have the, the clear image of God. And we say, well, I don't know what God looks like. Well, you might not know in the flesh what God looks like, but people have seen God because God came down from heaven, walked among the earth, walked among us, really did. God, his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Jesus looks just like you and looks like me. And when I look at you, I have a God sighting because I see Jesus in many of your faces. I've seen transformation in your lives. Oh, yeah, we don't have this family portrait that hangs on the wall of Jesus. We don't really truly know what he looks like, but we do know that Jesus walked the earth, he talked among people, and that he rose for your sake and for mine. Because when we see we have a, God, a Jesus sighting, a God sighting, it's not, it's not the, the faith. I mean, when I look at you, she says, look at you, we look at you and see Christ. I don't see long brown hair and the, you know, and that, that's not what she's talking about, is it? Because it's not his physical. It's, it's, it's we see who he is in you. We, we know his presence. We know his nature. Not so much the physical, but the nature of who Christ is and what God is. Um, his presence. We know God is there. We know Christ is there. Hmm. You know how you know when Christ is there? Here's one way. Because when Christ, because with Jesus, all things are possible. possible. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. That's that's the nature of Jesus. When Jesus is there, there's no reason to fear, is there? Because it says, fear not. Throughout the scriptures, when Christ is there, the angels say, fear not. Fear not. Now, when, when Jesus is there, death takes a holiday. Now, that doesn't mean people don't take their last breath. That's not what I'm talking about. But what it means is people are able to share eternity with the Holy One. When Christ is there, see, when Jesus is there, when we have these Christ sightings, these God sightings, we can expect a miracle, can't we? Because that's the Jesus, that's what Jesus is all about. He's a, a miracle. And he brings miracles. When Jesus was first resurrected, you know, he, he was crucified, died, and buried 
but then he rose from the dead. When Jesus was first resurrected, the Bible says that people didn't recognize him. Mary Magdalene did not recognize him. The men on the road to Emmaus didn't recognize him. And here's the thing. Jesus said, I'm going to be back. I'm going to be back. He kept telling them, I'm going to be back. And they still didn't recognize him. Why is that? Because they didn't expect him. They did not expect Jesus to show up. They weren't expecting him to rise from the dead, even though he said he would. They weren't expecting him outside of the tomb. They weren't expecting Christ. Now, they did recognize him. The the Emmaus guys recognized him when he broke the bread. But prior to that, they were walking along. Oh, I'm so sad. Jesus is dead. And he's walking right alongside of them. That happens to us too, doesn't it? Because too too often, we don't expect to see him. And when we don't expect him, we're not going to see him. Chances are very good. Oh, sure, I'll bet you all came here this morning expecting to see Jesus. I mean, come on, it's church. If you don't see him here, where are you going to see him? Or maybe segue on Wednesday night. That's the plan, right? Or if you're in a small group, hopefully you're seeing Jesus there once in a while. That's how it's supposed to work. Or when we do an outreach, we're being Jesus with skin on. You're probably going, well, duh, Alan. Yeah, that's the point. Duh, of course. That's the plan. But how about those places in our lives where we're not expecting to see Jesus? Especially those dead places. You know what I'm talking about. Those dead places in your life. Those places that you think are so far gone that nothing can touch them. God can't. Christ can't. No, no, no. Do you expect to have a God sighting in those places? Do we expect to see Jesus? We should. Again, that's exactly where we should expect to see him because Jesus is the king of the dead places and bringing them back to life. He's the one that went to the dead place and was there three days and came back. And so if you have a dead place in your life, that's exactly where you should be expecting to see Jesus. He can bring life to those dead places in your life and my life as well, and we get to see it happen. If we look for it, if we expect it, next thing you know, boom, God sighting right there in our lives. A God sighting. Have you had one yet today? Get ready, because when you put the right lens on, when you're looking in the right place, you're going to see God. You may see God in the face of a loved one. You may see God in nature. You may experience God right here, that still, small voice. Are you expecting him? Are you expecting him to invade your heart, to pierce your heart? If you're not, then you're going to miss it. (laughs) We're saying to you, Connection Church, Get ready, put your right lens on, and expect God to show up in your life because that's what God wants to do. God is a very real, a present, 
an intimate God, not a detached God, not a puppeteer God, but God who loves you and breathed you into existence for one reason, and that's to have a personal relationship with him. Get ready, because God's waiting to show up for you to recognize who he is. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, why is it so hard, though? (laughs) You know, there's times when we just are in these places where we say, where are you, God? But you didn't move. You didn't leave. You never leave us nor forsake us. That's a promise in Scripture. Help us, Lord, be drawn to you. Be obedient to you. Help us put this lens of expectation on so that we don't miss it when you show up. Oh, Lord, forgive me for the many times that I even miss seeing you at work. We thank you for your presence here today, yesterday, tomorrow, and all the days of, my li- of our lives. And Lord, we offer you a life of praise. In Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray this. And all of Connection Church said, Amen. Thank you for taking part in sharing the message for this week. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also reach our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.